Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cantita MX Football Podcast. We are back with episode 274, and boy, do we have a hot one, literally a hot one for you. And before we go any further, we're going to be covering uh, match week 8 and also match week 9 that started today. Some comments between Herrera and Gio Dos Santos. Some new changes to the Conca Champions League. And going over the highest transfers in Liga Amekis per position. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce Joel and Chiquis to the show. How are we doing, gentlemen? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 sorry. Turned down the wrong knob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, some interesting stuff going on here. Yeah. I'm I'm rolling back the tape and looking <laughs> at the tape. So for for those uh just tuning in today or or last what, twenty, twenty, forty eight hours uh online Recently, uh, an article, or I don't know who brought it up to our attention, but it turns out that uh, Piojo Herrera has talked about why Gio Dos Santos was subbed out uh, in that game against Holland in 2014. He was, you know, he scored the the goal to give us the lead and uh, got subbed out around the 61st minute. Recently on a podcast, Biojo was asked about the decision, and uh, I'm just going to play it back for you guys. ...en media cancha, y haces ese famoso cambio de Gio por Aquino. ¿Cuál fue la, la, la lógica detrás de, del cambio cuando lo hiciste? Gio tenía los pies que le estaban quemando. Cuando tú te acuerdas que se paró el partido para hidratarnos, porque hacía muchísimo calor, y yo de repente me acerco ahí cuando estaban hidratando y veo que le están echando eh, agua en los pies a Gio, y me dice, ¿qué traes? Y se me están quemando los pies. Y le digo, bueno, pero pues con el agua ya se me dice, no, no, los tengo hirviendo. Y en una de las jugadas viene yo y me dice, ya no aguanto los pies. Entonces, eh, ¿qué uno piensa? Dice, bueno, pues tengo a un tipo como Aquino que venía entrenando muy bien, que tiene ni vuelta, que, que tiene buen, buena actitud. Dije, bueno, pues lo pongo, ¿no? Eh, lo pongo para no perder ataque. Ellos ya habían tirado a uno de los centrales como lateral izquierdo. Y dije, bueno, pues si Aquino lo empieza a encarar por ahí con la velocidad que tiene. Y sí pasó. I'm going to stop it right there. So he claims that Gio was complaining about hot feet, that he had blisters on his feet, that it was very, very hot. They were squirting water on his feet. And uh, he ended up asking for the sub. I don't know, guys. This sounds like a lot of horseshit to me. <laughs> well, I just want to clarify something. Let's hear it. Um, so this clip we played is from last year april of last year and so herrera was on a podcast desde el bar you can find it on youtube um and but for some reason back then nothing really happened you know um it flew under the radar just, it did so just i think it was i don't know if it was today or yesterday herrera was on a, on a i don't know if it's a talk show or another podcast and uh, similar, they asked him about about you, and he basically said word for word the same thing. Uh, he talked about how well he, he he added a little more. He said how when Gio tells you he wants to come out, he wants to come out. So if he says 
I'm good for 60 minutes. He he says then he has to already plan the sub because um, he won't be he won't get him to play. And um, <clears throat> so he talked about that, which is a bit interesting, given how that's been one of the problems that Gio's been having since he was at Galaxy with with his injuries. And so uh, I don't know if Herrera saying that. Almost makes it seem like he's making it up, and because he's saying, "Yeah, that- uh, you know, uh, Cheeky is being very quiet right now, trying to find the clip." But this is the part that doesn't add up for me. The substitution was made in the sixty-first minute. That's the second half. Gio had uh, started the game, and he had scored a goal, and they went into halftime. So I don't know when exactly he was talking about Gio complaining about the heat. Or getting, you know, water squirter in his feet. Because if I'm not mistaken, uh, the water break, there was a water break. It was for three minutes. They did it at the 30-minute mark in the first half. And then uh, I think uh, Cheeks is trying to find out the exact minute of when it happened in the second half. But I want to say that water break was like around the 75th minute. Um, And Gio had already been removed from the pitch. So at what point did Gio you know, complain about this to Herrera and then end up scoring a goal. I mean, it makes no sense. Well, I'm looking at the 30, 32nd minute water break in the first half. Uh-huh. And uh, everyone's putting, like, water on uh, he- rags and putting them on their heads. Uh, I've seen Gio twice, and he's just walking around. He's, it looks like his whole jersey is soaked. So he might have just, like, doused here's, himself with water. Here's, here's the quote from the... Um- from the recent podcast. Um, he says, in a water break, I asked Gio what's going on. He says, my feet are burning. I have some, uh, what are ampollas? Uh, blisters. What would that be? I have blisters. Um, and I can't I can't take it. And, uh, and he's like, well, put water in them. And uh, yeah, he, he said, well, just throw some water on it. He says, how much longer can you play? And uh, Gio said, "Oh, I'll let you know, because I'm not, I'm not feeling good." So it could have been before halftime, you know. Mm. But yeah, we do have so, Gio's, huh? Yeah. So so far, though, and it's, I think it's about to end in this three minute on the thirty second minute. I I don't see Gio near Piojo. During this whole time, he's sort of off to the side. He looks soaked. The only thing like that I'm seeing right now is he sort of stomps his feet as he's walking mm. um, sort of back towards the pitch. Uh, but nothing really other than that, other than him being soaked. I have seen before where, you know, like players are like dousing even that spray stuff, that coolant spray <laughs> all on their shins and legs and stuff. And this is like, uh, this is like, a, you know, this is a typical very hot um, World Cup. So, okay, here's a, in a 33rd minute, uh, Piojo's talking to the whole team. Uh, Gio's just listening to him, looking at him, nodding, and they're about to start again. So I don't see. It, it had uh, to be at halftime. It's the only timeline that makes sense because, again, Gio ended up scoring in the, what, 48th minute? You know, in the, in, wait, was that in the first half or in the second half? It was 48th minute, so it had to be second half, unless they were talking about stoppage. But, 
I'm just saying, like, he goes and scores the goal. He's playing very well. He gets subbed out 12 minutes later. I'm just trying to figure out at what water break. Because the water break didn't happen until the 75th minute in the second half. I don't know, man. It's just not adding I'll look up. At, I'll look at the second water break, but uh, in the first water break, Gio looks fine. Um, he He's actually, I have a screenshot right now, um, 33rd minute, 7 seconds. They're about to start. Netherlands is still huddled around their bench. Mexican players are out. Uh, Aguilar is like the furthest away from the bench. Memo and other guys are, are walking out on the field. And Gio is like almost near, well, he's on his way towards center, you know, midfield. So he's like one of the first people ready to go. So that's, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'll look at the. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm calling horse shit on Piojo's. Piojo's uh, well, Piojo, Piojo does go into, and I think this is the recent, because he's been on, uh, I guess, various different shows as of today and yesterday, probably. Um, I saw one just now where he's not, you know, highlighting the World Cup thing, but he's highlighting the many injuries, and we all know this, the many injuries that Gio has had has affected him. And so that's what he's sort of like talking about mostly right now. I see. And which is, which is true because he has had a lot of injuries and they've affected him in, in various aspects. Like he mentioned when he was with Galaxy that he was doing well at first and then he sort of slowed down after maybe a potential knock. I don't recall like a huge injury while he was at Galaxy, but oh yeah, he did have it. He was out for a bit at a Galaxy. He was out like a few games. He got hurt. So it's, it's always one injury or another with Gio. So it sort of lends to the possibility that, yeah, he could have been complaining, but I see no evidence as of yet. I'm going to continue to look, though. Say what you say about Gio and his club career and, you know, disciplinary action, but there's one th- redeeming quality from Gio, and, and and this is, like, for me, just my opinion. He's done more for La Selección than, than Carlos Vela. I mean, he scored some really big goals for the, for our country, and he's always stepped up to the plate in these very important situations. You look at the Gold Cup, one of the most, you know, iconic goals, probably the best goal of his career against, um, you know, Tim Howard. And then scoring in the World Cup against Holland, the volley, it was, it was just such big goals. And it just, for me, it doesn't add up that why would you take him out of the, you know, if he was complaining and, and if he was limping or if it really was unbearable, I understand. But Gio on Twitter today was just saying that obviously there was some annoyances, but these are the type of games where everybody has to play. And uh, if someone has doubt over what I said, go ahead and watch the video and show me where uh, there was a gesture of pain or that I had gone to the bench asking for the substitution. The images will speak for themselves. I insist I wanted to finish that game. And although I had blisters on my feet and, and orejas quemadas, which is burnt ears, um, those things don't matter, and I would have done anything to play ninety minutes with my country. And I, I believe Gio. I don't believe Piojo, man. Piojo's got a mouth, and he's unemployed well, I, right I, now. I, <laughs> I believe Piojo more, and for one one good reason. Um, Gio, Gio, turn off the comments. <laughs> he he posted uh, that on Twitter. What what you just read? Yeah. He, he he and then he he turned off the comments and it's like all right why why you know why are you why, I mean why would you do that you know i mean 
because there's nothing else to say. What is he going to do? Listen to everybody say, no, you're a little bitch. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> of course, you're just going to let, you know, make a statement and then that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but to me still, it looks bad. You know, the turning off comments. But I guess, ultimately, I guess uh, if there was other players that might have heard. You know, you might have someone that would say. I want to know. What did Gio do to Herrera to piss him off? Because why is this coming up se- almost seven years later? It's 2021, man. Why that? No, well, I mean, why- he was asked. Herrera was asked. I know, but um, we never heard. Have you ever heard of this? Like, you know, w- was this question asked in the in the press conference after the match? Like, why is this coming up now, dude? We should have known about that's this. That's a like- good one. That is a good one to see what Herrera said. Yeah. At the presser, um, or if he was even asked, you know. I don't even remember the press conference because everybody in 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 everyone after the game was drunk, screaming no era penal <laughs> for hours. <laughs> that game was one of the most painful defeats in World World Cup history for Mexico. Um just in the matter of how they lost. It wasn't the matter that they lost, it's just like the, the penalty call and all that, so Everything after that, after the whistle, for me, it was a blur. I didn't, you know, keep in touch with, like, the pressers or anything like that. But I am curious if maybe they asked him after the match, you know, why he got subbed out and see if that matches up to the story now, seven years later. Yeah. Another thing that he mentioned, I think, in that tweet was, um, or maybe it was somewhere else, that he was upset when he got taken out. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, he was asking for his, uh, his substitution. Um, I'm at that point right now. I'm in at 60. He's, yeah, Jamie, uh, play that clip for us. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's ripping off his uh, wristbands, uh, looking down at the ground. Doesn't look too happy, but uh, mm. yeah, I'll continue. I'm taking some screenshots and posting. I wonder. I wonder if maybe like you know how sometimes uh, you know after they get subbed out, they'll pan back to the bench and see you know if if his reaction or whatever. I doubt it, though. You know, it's 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 a World Cup match, but I know sometimes when players get uh, subbed off and it's irate, you know, and it's like you can tell they're upset. Sometimes they'll pan back at the at the bench and he'll be like, you know, slamming water bottles or it happens a lot in baseball. They'll take their baseball bat and like smash it against the wall. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't look upset. I mean, he, he looks he doesn't look mad. Is what I'm saying. He doesn't look happy about it, but he doesn't look mad. Mm. He, uh, you know, he gives Aquino the high five, and then he goes off. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to see. You know what happens in the next couple of days. I just think it's very interesting that, like, you know, this is coming up again now, and again, Yoko Herrera doesn't have a job right now. He's he's just taking any. Any clout, anything that can get him back in the limelight, man. I, I feel like he's just—he's just an intention seeker, man. Yeah, there's some. Uh, uh, I mean, okay, so I don't—I don't see him as an attention seeker, but I see him as not. Um, I see him as getting upset easily. So if yeah. you were to make fun of him or if you were to make fun of his daughter, he's going to remember that. Just like with Martinoli. If you if you do anything against him, he's going to remember that and he's going to try to come and get back at you just like he was on the field. He's a hothead. So I don't know yep. if he left he left America 
Gio, you know, made if word might have gotten back to Piojo that Gio Gio was like talking smack or you know saying stuff uh, about Piojo, even like really not negative, but sort of like you know Piojo did this and I didn't really like it or whatever. That's going to get Piojo upset, and he's going to have more reason to say certain things if he was interviewed and asked. I think maybe embellish. You know what it is, and uh, you know you mentioned a good point by him being you know short temper hothead very defensive i think it's just because like he was criticized very heavily for that substitution at the time and i'm sure he's getting tired of this question coming up over and over and over again and i think it finally just came to the point where he just made up a lot hey it's not my fault g was being a little bitch okay (laughs) no i don't think you want to burn a player like that i mean he did he just did that that. No, no, but but I mean, in the sense of making something up, because then it, it's it stays with you, and and you one a big thing about him has always been that he's always been good at winning over the locker room and having good, you know, a good United squad, and I, I you know, I, I think there's other players that might have heard or they were there that, you know, most don't like to be involved but these are things that do come out later much later you know and it's like all right who cares now you know so much so much longer has passed i guess Uh, especially once they're retired you know which is one thing that we were comparing at, at the dm group was when um jorge campos pretty much they threw cuatemoc blanco under the bus when they asked him if, well, he, I think he asked because Campos was working with La Volpe. As an assistant? And he was like, yeah, like an assistant, but he was kind of like the messenger because La Volpe and Cuauhtémoc never got along. This was in uh, long, what year, 06? Yeah, going into 06. Okay. And so, and so uh, Blanco had been playing a lot and he, he said he needed a break. He hadn't had one between, you know, selection and, and club. And so Campos told him, all right, cool, you know, you, you it's it's fine, nothing wrong. And then uh, La Volpe used that uh, to justify taking Blanco out of the World Cup. Oh, wow. Like not, not taking him. Uh, ca- yeah, not, not calling him up. And that stuff kept coming up and up and up, man. Blanco has even talked about it on, like... Wow. For Picante, yeah. Uh, and that, because I think even Pardo gave, you know, Pavel Pardo was one of the team captains. Yeah. And so they sort of like ganged up on him, man. And um, no one, no one really vouched for him, which was kind of messed up. For, uh, for Gautemo? Yeah, man. No one did. Not Marquez, none of those dudes. No one, no one really. Mm. Yeah, they, they they left him out. They left him out of the, you know. I mean, obviously he wasn't a starter no more, but such a big player, man. It's, it's nah, man. He was still he was it. still starter material. I mean, he, that was probably one of the worst rosters we've ever taken to a World Cup. Kikin Fonseca, man. It's like, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just some terrible players. Yeah, you know, uh, what's his name? His his uh, his his um. Uh, son-in-law, right? That was the big controversy. Yeah, he took his son, and he took uh, uh, Claudio Suarez, who was way past his prime. 
All right, we're opening some deep wounds here. Yeah, I'm just saying, uh, man. Like, <laughs> you know, there was room for a for, for Qualtemo. There was also room for Bofo, but whatever. Over it, man. Yeah, man. So we'll have to see what happens. You know, it seems like uh, they're starting the pot, starting the pot. Eventually, something's going to happen. Maybe they'll they'll go both on. ESPN Deportes and, and hash it out or who knows, man. I'm sure, you know what? I'm sure they might try something like that. I mean, but I mean, will you want to come out on like spicy soccer? I know, I know Piojo will show up. Spicy soccer. Um, no, he won't. No, he won't because he, he stopped the comments. The, the, the stop the comments thing shows that he doesn't want to listen. Gio. Yeah. Gio, yeah. He doesn't no, yeah, but listen. I'm saying Pio, Piojo would. Piojo would. Yeah, Piojo would, but Gio wouldn't because I don't think he wants to hear the comments. He doesn't want to hear negativity. Sure. Yes, Piojo know. should just throw other players under the bus, dude. He'll be like, you know what? Who heard me? You know what? I got an update. I got an update. Is this? All oh, right, nice. Nice. I got an update. Minute uh, the, 76. The plot thickens. <laughs> this, sort of, this is sort of weak plot, but minute 76, of course, is the second water break uh-huh. in the second half. Um, Gio, of course, has been subbed out for a little while already. Yeah, but I see him on the uh, during the water break talking to Guardado with his shoes in his hand, both shoes in his hand. So he's obviously with socks on only. Uh, um, you know, I don't know if they're a little bit hot. That's why he took. <laughs> wait, but was Guardado still playing? Yeah, Guardado still has his jersey on. Oh, Gio, so has, Gio has uh, the yellow little penny as a or you know as a non-player. Uh, okay, so. uh more to come. Let's see if anything else happens in this water break. But yeah, he's. I was expecting him to maybe like be on the bench. Everyone's on the sideline. There's no one on the bench at all. Everyone's on the sideline. Gio's talking with Guardado. Uh, yeah, he's not sitting down. He's not pouring water on his feet. Nothing like that. So interesting. Well, there you have it, folks. We kind of have both sides on this one. What do you guys think? Please make sure to. Uh, Reach us out on Twitter or maybe on the YouTube comments. Just let us know how you guys feel about this story. Are you guys on Piojo's side or are you guys on Gio's side? Uh, moving over to match week eight. Man, we've had some interesting results. Atletico San Luis came back from the dead, tied up the game 2-2 against Tigres. This happened on Thursday. And then Puebla beat Necaxa uh, 1-0. Mazatlan beat Querétaro 3-0 on Friday, and uh, kind of a head-scratch over here, Toluca and Atlas tied 0-0. Not much action going on over there. Uh, America beat Pachuca 2-0. Leon lost to Cruz Azul at home. Uh, Rayados and Tijuana tied 1-1. Santos beat Juarez 3-2. And Chivas, Chivas beat Pumas 2-1. Guys, what is happening with Pumas and Leon? They are on the bottom half of the table. These guys. Campionities and subcampionities. <laughs> hey, real quick. Yeah, well, one thing on this, I was I was listening to Martin talk today on Twitch about uh, various topics, and it might have been uh, a tweet as well. He mentioned that uh, with the changes, like some, and I've never thought about it because, you know, coaches can get in a groove with a certain lineup. And they sort of know how everything meshes, where everyone belongs on the pitch, yeah. what type of style of play they should use, 
Martin talks a lot about that they're not using the long plays, the long passes, um, and and it's not working out for Pumas. With uh, with uh, Carlos Gonzalez, it was different. You know, there's you know you have different players, you have different um, uh, tactics, maybe uh, lineups, and maybe maybe he's you know out of his groove. Maybe he's you know got lost a little bit with okay, now what do I do with this lineup? And his tactics aren't working. So oh, yeah. it, it you know it just could be just little little well Chiki's players but, but Chiki's, um, to mess up the whole the whole thing. Liliani had the 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 same group all last season. Well, they're missing Cocoliso. Cocoliso was one of their biggest uh, goal contributors along with Dineno. So he was. Yeah, they sold yeah, him. They sold him to Adidas. They yeah. brought in the Panamanian guy. So I mean. He's like a unique player. Carlos Gonzalez is a unique guy. Um, I guess Dineno's sort of similar, but Carlos Gonzalez was like, you know, he was all over the place. He could dribble. He could be the the guy that received the the, the balls and everything. Um, so yeah, missing did him. Did they sell him too, or did, or he's just injured? Who? Carlos Gonzalez. No, they sold him to uh, Tigres. Yeah, that's Coco Liso, man. That's the ball headed. Oh, that's Coco. That's Coco. All right, man. You're <laughs> confusing to, me here, man. He went to Tigres. For the non, the non Puma. Yeah, he calls him Coco Lisa because he's baldy. Baldy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's at Tigres now. So that's, you know, Tigres with the big money attracting all the good players that, you know, are yeah. ready. Yeah, Chiquis, we, we touched on this topic last. I don't think you were with us. Um, but we, we our last podcast. We we're talking about how, like, you know, teams that do good, having, like, really good seasons, usually they have to, like, step up their game, you know, um, can't sleep on it. And, how you know, and I think Pumas did the opposite. Like, instead of trying to strengthen their squad, they, they, they made it weak. And And you have such a great season that teams are taking you more serious, you know. And and it's like they have their number now, just because I guess Pumas doesn't have that much, you know. It's just their squad is just kind of yeah. It wasn't that strong to begin with. And to to rub salt on the wound there, not only did they lose, uh, you know, Carlos Gonzalez, but they also lost Mayorga. And Mayorga ended up scoring against Pumas uh, in that Chivas victory. He he scored the was the second goal of the match. So yeah, not only did you lose the you know the player, but they also ended up scoring against you. <laughs> yeah, and you know I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the same thing about Chivas, and it's it's the one thing that baffled me a little bit about my Chivas hermanos or Chivas hermanos. Same with Chivas because they end up having a good season. Well, one of their best seasons of the past three years, make it all the way to semifinals, and they're not able to strengthen their squad. On the opposite, uh, very similar to Pumas, they end up getting weak uh, just because of the, for different reasons, though, for the players that were, you know, just too much shenanigans going on with, with, um, yes, I already forgot his name. But I'm, I'm gonna stop you real quick because uh, they they removed those players before Liga started. Before Liga, right? But I, but you know, you you're right. But I think 
having done that, they still needed to replace him going and, in, yeah. you know? And uh, I, I think it's that they didn't... I, I think one difference from Pumas is that uh, not that they didn't want to, or it was more that because it's Mexicans only, so harder time finding finding quality replacements. Well, I think with Chivas, you know, it's very, it's very the January transfer market is very, very hard. So it's very, it's very hard to get a really big signing. You have to wait for the summer for those kind of moves. But they did get a lot of players back from loan, you know. So Mayorga has been. Um, you know, he's been killing it. He's been, he's, he's already got two goals. And then you have Chino Huerta who came back and he, you know, he definitely helps out. The problem is they, they did not replace like the midfield. They, Villalpando, um, and losing Gallo Vasquez. I mean, those are, those are two big holes in the midfield. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have Jesus Molina and then you ended up having to bring up the, you know, the guy from the Academy, uh, Lalo Torres. And it's just, you know, it's just not, not the and- same. And Beltran, they, he finally got some playing time. Yeah, Beltran, you know, he's, you know, again, not rated by uh, Vuzetic, but, you know, <laughs> right now they, he has no other choice. This 5-4 guy, he's going to have to own the midfield, you know? <laughs> no, man. Give him, give him some lifts. Some and I'll be honest, man. This this scoreline was a little bit misleading. You know, the game started off, and it was kind of it kind of just felt like today, friend. Today's the day, you know, because you know Iran Mir has a blooper. Uh, the ball goes to him. It, he he tried to stop it. It goes right through his foot, and Gabriel Torres, the Panamanian that they signed, ends up scoring his 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 goal, his first goal for Pumas. And I just it just felt like oh, it's gonna be another another one of those disappointing matches. But uh, luckily, Macias had a really good play with Antuna. Antuna cut his hair. He doesn't have the man bun anymore, dyed his hair. He's doing whatever it takes to get the bad spirits out here, having a great game. And they kind of let him roam free in that right-hand side, set him up, uh, set up Macias for the for the equalizer. And then Mayorga just, out of nowhere, just went on a run. You know, he's a left back. He shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. But he was in the right place at the right time. And and then that, that scoreline held for the rest of the match. Um but it's just it's crazy to see that like uh, you're talking about two teams that only lost once in the entire season have both lost five times. It's just like this is a completely like they just let themselves go. Yeah, well, well, Pumas, Pumas, man, Pumas did it to themselves. I think Leon is just. Man, yeah, they probably just. It, it's almost like like um, Nacho was like, "All right, lads, we're we're having an off season." Yeah, he take the rest of the week off. <laughs> they've had, you know, because they had been very one of the most consistent teams, you know, and they had already reached the final before you know before finally winning, uh, and so I think they were just like. It just feels that way, um, but I think I think part of it, um, you you have that lack of urgency when when you could qualify in twelve, and I think um, that's true. I think I think we'll see. I just I I don't think Leon so, will be not in playoffs. I, I see them, I see them going in, and and I think 
they're going to be one of those dangerous teams if they go in at, uh, you know, like in the 12th place or one of the bottom ones. I think they're going to be one of those dangerous teams that you just don't want to face. Well, I mean, it happened at Rayados, right? Uh, they were eliminated by uh, 12 seed Puebla. So <laughs> it, it can happen in, 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 uh, in, it can only happen in Liga Mekis. Let me, let me, let me rephrase. It can only happen in Liga Mekis where you have 12 teams that uh, go into the, the playoffs and, you know, 12 seed beats a fifth seed. It just, it could happen. Leon is, you yeah. know, despite their terrible start, they have seven points. They're in 15th position, but the 12 spots, it's only ten points, so it's 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 three. It's a win. One game, yeah, one game. One game, and you're back in. And um, for Pumas, it's a little see, bit different. Let me see what Leon. Let me see what their upcoming games is, and we could, we could pretty. Oh man, they go up against America. Not good. <laughs> America's been pretty good, um, and it's an away game. So um, yeah, and then they go up against Monterrey. So their next two games aren't going to be pretty, um, both on the road. So and this this was a harsh defeat, man. Losing to Puebla at home, yeah. Especially I'll... when you have two road games, is a tough loss. And so right here, uh, they don't have to win, dude. They just have to like get some ties, man. Just just get some points on the road. Uh, I was I was just about to say, you know, they they come off the victory against uh, Pumas on the twenty first. You know, feeling good about that. You know, then they end up losing to Cruz Azul on Saturday. And then just like literally a couple minutes ago, uh, they were up 1-0 against Puebla at home. Um, Angel Mena scored a penalty kick. But then Ormeño, remember that guy? Ormeño came in at the 77th minute. He was he didn't even start today. Scores a penalty in the 85th minute, ties the game up. And then she put salt on the wound, man. 95th minute, Puebla scored the winner. And Leon, man, I mean, it's getting kicked while Wait, they're down. I don't know if we talked about this uh, last part, um, Jaime, but he was just called up to the Selección, wasn't he, Ormeño? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I don't know if Tata's come out with the list yet. I know they do have friendlies coming up this month, and uh, I- I'm, I'm going to have to check. Where's Jamie at? Jamie? <laughs> What's up? Uh, can you see <laughs> who who uh, Tata called up for these friendlies? Oh, twenty twenty one. Yeah, I thought I was seeing his name because they were there. I, I'm pretty sure I saw it, but I still, I still. That's my big hope for Chivas, uh, and and I've had Chivas Manos tell me, "Well, Chivas doesn't need strikers." Oh, I mean, yes, but, we but do. They they will be selling. JJ Mack soon. Uh, JJ Mack has been scoring. He's having a good season. He's got five. He wants to leave, and um, but I think Chivas, you, you need you need the top players, man, uh, and especially up and coming top players, and you, you just need to get them, man. And you and, know, and most importantly, um, a different mold of player, right? This this guy's like he's a tall player. He's not. Yeah, six two. Yeah, and Chivas hasn't really had a, a in a long time. They haven't had a. a you know that type of striker, uh, really short dudes. Um, uh, I, I'm gonna look up how tall uh, Carlos Ochoa was. He was five eleven, so 
Ormeño is he was uh, five eight, really? Okay. Ormeño is six uh, two, so I can't I can't recall the last time we had a six foot striker. I know um, maybe Michel Vasquez. He was a pretty big guy. Well, I think there's been a few, but they're not like they haven't six gotten, one. They just yeah. They just play here and there. Like the thing with Ormeño, this will be his second season. Uh, just playing, getting a lot of playing time, scoring a lot. And I think so that's that's one of the pluses. I, I do think Chivas had some of the players. And uh, what was that dude they sent to Monterrey? Madrigal. That was messed up. It, no, 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 not Madrigal. Madrigal was from Monterrey, and they sent him in exchange. Yeah, uh, Saldivar. There you go. I think Saldivar was. was but it's pretty sad how they, they kind of, um, you know, He's five ten. Yeah. Five, okay. No, man. I'm off. <laughs> no, Mad, Luis Madrigal was a tronco, straight up six three, man. Straight. Oh, but he wasn't. He wasn't from Chivas, though. He no, was he wasn't. Unknown. Yeah, he was a trade. But that's what I'm saying. We don't really have players of that mold that have have played and and had success at Chivas, you know. So having a player like there you or, go. It's, Codines is six feet, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't really played. He hasn't panned you know, out. And, yeah, and, he's. And they, didn't they send him to to he's at Leon right now or so? Yeah, he's at yeah. he's so, at Leon right now. So yeah, just going down the list, there's been players, but like, um, like what was it, uh, Aldo de Nigris? But he was he came injured, so yeah. And, and then I don't think there's been one that's been there like in his prime, you know, when he's at his best. Most have come almost at the end of their career. <laughs> you know, like Hermosillo, Peláez. And, uh, Luis uh, Garcia. Yeah, Luis Garcia's not top, but still, you know, uh, so I do think, uh, I still would like to see how that does. Yeah, when I think about strikers that Chivas have signed in their prime or it somewhat in their prime, uh, like, what do, you, do you think Palencia was still in his prime? Yeah, right? I mean, 2003. Um, I don't know. Um because I know he kind of peaked at Cruz Azul, you know, and with with uh, with the Libertadores and and all that. But I think it, you know he was still he still had a very flourished you know career after after Cruz Azul. In fact, I, I want to say he ended up getting more caps at Chivas and and at Cruz Azul. But I I can only think of him, and I can only think of uh, Sergio Santana. You know, came in, he was doing really well for Pachuca, and and uh, but very rare, like you mentioned, we get players like at the right time. You know, we get like freaking washed up Luis Perez or, you know, like just like the worst old, you know, old players. So you want the, yeah, you want the list of the call-ups? Yeah. This is for pa- uh, Panama and uh, Bermudas, right? I thought we were playing Wales. Oh, this is CONCACAF Nations League. Man, you're fired. <laughs> Jamie, That's you're fired. That's what it says. <laughs> Oh, like 20 minutes. Este viernes la selección dio, dio a conocer su lista de convocados. Yeah, we play Wales in Costa Rica, man. Panama. What the heck was this? <laughs> it's like 2020, what bro. We're 2021 now. It's in a time machine. It's 2021, dude. What am I looking at here? Oh no, this is old. <laughs> <laughs> they, they put the date. They put the date for today's date. <laughs> Fuera, like el chaca, chacal. 
<laughs> All right, here we go. No. I don't see no. I don't see no. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I know that they had a list for the pre Olympics, you know, and that has like a, a large list of players. You know, we were talking about Efrain Alvarez, you know, having to choose between yeah, under 23s. Yeah, having to choose between um, Mexico and USA. We don't know what he's going to do, but I haven't heard anything about the uh, the friendlies coming up on, on the end of this month with Wales on the 27th and Costa Rica on the 30th. I believe both matches will be played in Austria. So we'll obviously keep you guys posted as we get closer and closer to that date. But absolutely, uh, Joel, I, I do believe Ormeño has deserved a call-up and just to see what he's got, you know? Why not? And also lock him up before Peru takes him. Yeah, I, yeah that's true. Um, that guy, um, Cruz Azul coach, Peruvian, he's talked about it, that he wants, he would like to see Ormeño, you know, Wearing the white and white and red. So, but I, yeah, kind of no, a, just real quick. Yeah, I, go ahead. I don't know if Formenio has said anything in regards to who he would prefer to suit up for. Um, no disrespect to him, but is he even on Peru's radar? No, I don't know. I don't know. He was born in Mex, so that's yeah, that's, uh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> might not, might not be unless this dude alerted them to them in Reynoso. Yeah, stuffing out. So we are on a double jornada. We we did have match week eight and match match week nine today. Atlas beat Atlético San Luis, who were doing well. Uh, so Atlas get a, a very, very good results at home, 3-1. And then Tigres lose to Toluca. And then, as we mentioned, Puebla beat León tomorrow. Juárez and Monterrey. Querétaro versus Chivas. Cruz Azul Mazatlán. And then, uh, oh, and Tijuana América. And then on Thursday, Necaxa Pachuca, Pumas, and Santos. I was telling Chiquis before the show, we have soccer every day of this week. Uh, because on Friday, it will be uh, match week uh, ten, uh 10 for some teams, which is crazy. Like you have Tigres and Atletico San Luis playing that play today. They're going to play again on Friday, man. That's, that's a lot of games in a short amount of time. All right. Going back to this geo thing. Yes. Piojo in an interview said on the 56th, on the 57th minute, he asked to, to be taken out. Oh, and then in, and then in the sixtieth he got removed. I, I just he's pretty much I, I would say like seventy percent of the seven of the fifty seventh minute is shown on the video, or, or Geo is on the video, and I don't see any indication of him <laughs> of him asking to be taken out. Wow, he's sort of he's sort of like what he's sort of playing a little bit higher up, so he's not really contributing on the defense. He's sort of like walking around, um, which. It's it could be normal, you know. He's the he's a center attacker in this lineup, so he's not really trying to recover balls. But yeah, that's what the tape is showing. So it's looking in favor of uh, 
of Geo unless I'm missing some type of hand motions that he's. I'm telling you, man, I'm on Geo's side. I, I just, you, he, no player wants to leave a elimination match in a World Cup. I mean, I don't care who you are. Um, that is a privilege and an honor, and you want to fight it out. You want to fight it through. You no matter if you got one leg or whatever, you gotta you gotta fight through. And uh, that's why I'm like, I think Piojo had a very bad decision. He made a bad call, and you know they asked him about it, so he just finally said, "You know what? Screw it. I'm I'm putting him under the bus." <laughs> I still think Gio might have done something. Gio might have mentioned something, and uh, and yeah. upset Piojo. Even if it wasn't directly to him, it might have been like a player that filtered it out and said, "Hey, Piojo, Gio said this during uh, during practice since you're gone or whatever." <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, Chiki's he's he said pretty much the same thing from a year ago. You know, uh, uh, Piojo said almost the same thing, word for word, on yeah, two different true. shows. Yeah. So it's, it's a been point. a year, and and both times he's been asked. Uh, I think that's the other thing where people kind of make it seem like Piojo's just doing it to throw shade. Uh, but he is, though, sort not, of. He, well, he's not bringing it up out of nowhere. Like, they're well, asking him. Yeah, they're asking him, but he's saying, like, I mean. I, I feel there's some frustration in him because I think he feels yeah. that Gio could be a better player. And he feels that he's, like, no, but you look. know, like, 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 almost, like, not willing to risk. And, and we've seen, like, how other players. And we even talked about it, how a lot of times they play injured. We, we just don't realize it. Yeah. We were, I don't think you were here, Chiquis, and, and I'm going to try to look for the audio. And it was uh, Salcedo. It was Salcedo on a podcast. And he was talking about how he would go with Torra. He would say, like, like when he was with the Selección, how, like, when he would get up in the morning, like, he couldn't walk. His wife had to, like help him out of bed and he said they will go to the training sessions and after after like the selection because he, he didn't want to be like dropped from the from the national team they had to go to like a hospital where they would get like injections for like because his uh i don't know if his tendons or something's leg it, it was by his um it was by his midsection he said it would get really swollen so he had to go get injections and i mean uh, that's a different level of pain. I, I'm not expecting him to that, to that, uh, you know, to that excess. But I think I don't think Gio's is that, you know. I don't think his his injuries are to that point. Yeah, they're not like uh, constantly. He's not constantly in pain. But what like what's interesting is in this particular in this recent video. And I posted it there. He states, um, he's sort of like, he says he gets injured. His his career is that way. Okay, he says, me duele. He says, me duele, y me duele, y de eso no lo sacas. Yeah, sort of like he's complaining all the time and says, and, and, and he never stops complaining about the, the pain. <laughs> so it's like uh he's sort of like telling him like but man you're just like a little kid you're always in pain quit quit being in pain 
Wow. No, he's saying that it, once it gets on his head, that it's that that's that. Yeah. Like he's not gonna want to like work. It's not even that. Yeah, like it's not but even legit. No, I know, but there's players that will like play through the pain, you know, or they'll get an injection, you know, um, mm. they'll get an injection or something to numb it. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it could be bad for your career, you know, but it depends how often you're doing it. Uh, but you could hear the stories, like even like how like Maradona would play, like really injured, you know. You know, you know what this reminds me of. This reminds me of uh, Roberto Duran Manos de Piedra, where he, <clears throat> allegedly he has said no mas. You know, when he was getting beat up in that rematch against uh, um, yeah. Sugar Shea or Sugar Sugar Ray. Um, yeah, and you know, it, it was one of those questions that has till this day still gets asked to him. I, I even think there was a documentary about him, um, and you know they asked him straight up, like, "Hey, man, did you really say that?" And he just keeps like saying no, or he keeps c- coming up with excuses of like what actually happened that night. And then in the end, we really don't know what happened, but we kind of know what happened. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel like this is kind of like a similar thing where he said, she said, but in reality, maybe there is a little bit of truth to it. Yeah, who knows? Uh, Hands of Stone is the uh, movie film about his career, and I just rem- I remember that they straight up asked him, and he just that reminds me of. Go ahead. That reminds me of uh, someone who did say no mas. Uh, uh, Osvaldo Sanchez. <laughs> Against the mighty Honduran team. Oh yeah, that was the that was the cowardly most cowardly thing I've ever seen. He's done a few cowardly things. Like I remember when uh, we played against USA, and we I think we were losing, and uh, the players scored against him, and he tried to slide tackle him, and he missed. Yeah, that was Beasley. That was Beasley. Oh, that was that was Don, uh, Donovan scored on like a counter or something, and Beasley was running to celebrate with Donovan. And uh, Osvaldo like sort of tried to slide tackle him, and Beasley just sort of jumped over. I'm his surprised leg. he didn't get a red card for that, even though yeah, he didn't hit him. It was still the intention was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, while we're on the topic of Concacaf, uh, I do have some news in regards to the Conca Champions, and uh, you know we've been kind of talking about it here and there, but uh, they have intentions to expand the format. And they're going to add uh, 20 teams from the North American region. So eight teams from Liga Mekis, eight teams from the MLS, four teams from Canada, 20 from Central America, and 10 from the Caribbean. So, wow, that is just a ridiculous amount of teams for this Champions League. Um I didn't even know Canada had a, a league. I thought they had three teams in MLS, and that was it. No, they, they, yeah, it's recent. They, they always had, I think, a semi-pro, but they recently started their own league. Um, might not be as strong, but it's still they're smart enough to know that you can't rely on just three, three clubs, which it's they're not entirely Canadian. That's click. That's clickbait stuff, man. 
What's clickbait stuff? This is this is whole clickbait. It's like when when someone beefs, like this whole Gia Gio oh. beef. You you're everyone's tuning in, man. Everyone's yeah. watching. Everyone's seeing what's up. And and that's what this U.S. versus ML or MLS versus Liga MX is all about. So they're like, man, this rivalry, the uh, the questioning of is MLS a legit league, and the, is are they taking over Liga MX? The gap and all this stuff. And they're just you know you know they're, they're uh, seeing the dollar signs. Do you think it's just because, like, all right, it, it just sounds like to me that the negotiations with Comebol are not going well, so I think they're just doubling down on Conca Champions and they're trying to make it more prestigious, but this is not how you do it. You don't do it by adding more mediocre teams to the to the mix, man. Come on. Eight teams from MLS and four from Canada? Dude, I'm looking at the Canadian League. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have eight teams. So you're telling me <laughs> half of those teams get to go just because? You know? Well, I mean, I think these these competitions help help the region though. I mean, even 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 um we see it even in, in South America and Europe. It's not just Champions League and Libertadores. They have a... Uh, you know, a secondary tournament. That's what Americana. To that, yeah, and then the the whatever cup. I keep forgetting the name of it. Um, but but same here, man. And so I think it, it benefits the region for a lot of these teams that will go years without even having any sort of international competition. So it's good. It's good to have that. You know, it's good. It's good to offer that type of tournaments to these teams uh, instead of them not never knowing what it's like to play games like that. And then you never know what, what players might come out of that, what what players might shine from the lower, you know, from, from the lesser-known leagues. And you might see some, some you know, some... It, it's it's like a it's like a vitrina, you know, it's a showcase. And if you see some, some good, talented player, they might swoop them up, which is what happens, you know, with, with like Libertadores, and then you'll have some some... You, you, you know, know, up and coming Boliviano or Venezuelan, and they'll end up in Europe just because they had a good tournament in in, in Libre. You know what this sounds like? It, it kind of sounds like the similar pitch of how U.S. got the bid of the 1994 World Cup. It's because they said, hey, you know, if you guys give us this World Cup, I promise we'll start a league. Um, I feel like this is kind of in, re- in retaliation to uh, Canada USA and Mexico hosting the 2026 uh, World Cup. I think they're trying to show that, hey, you know, we're trying to make this, you know, this region cares about soccer. So we're just going to add, you know, 20 teams from this area to this tournament and, and call it, you know, call it done. No, <laughs> uh, no I, I think that that um, it's, it's just the region, man. You need to ultimately have... How do you improve it, you know? And, and for many years, uh, the cup was just not organized properly uh, and it wouldn't be played at times. And and I think it's one of the things they've been slowly been doing is, is you know, restarting these tournaments. Same with Gold Cup. It's been uninterrupted since 91. So I think real quick with Gold Cup, Time they started rotating the tournament, not just holding it in the in the U.S. I agree. Um, but but I, I think it's it's good for the region. You know, like you need you need these type of uh, tournaments. Let's let's have a gold cup in the Bahamas. Fuck it, man. 
I want to see them. Well, maybe not there, but I think they could do like <laughs> like. Uh, Let's go to you know like Costa IT. Rica and then maybe. Yeah, like, I think Costa Rica deserves a shot. Like maybe El Salvador, Guatemala, or whatever. No, like no, no three. one's gonna go to El Salvador. No. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta also. Go, dude. No, but you also have to think about the uh, well ticket sales and all that. You know, it's not just about oh, you know, let's have it in this region for no shit, you know, for no reason. They have to have the infrastructure to to handle the influx of tourists and fans that want to go see the games live, you know? So. I agree. Well, you know what you could you could do, what I would settle for, it's like, all right, then if, if like, let's say El Salvador will be the host, at least let them have all their games at home, at their home. Oh. Yeah. So they they just they they kind of did it like that with with one of the Mex. I don't know if you remember Mexico played all their games at Azteca. Two thousand three, and then some of the other games were played. Yeah, it was all three. I remember well, we Brazil, Brazil had to travel. We beat from, like the from Florida. We beat the Brazilian um, Water Boys. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> nah, dude, they had Kaká and they had Robinho and Diego. Those were their their Wonder Boys. Kaká went on to win, um, win uh, the, what, what player of the year, man. Yeah, but I mean, think about the age that they were, you know, playing this tournament. That's, right. That's a good, talented squad, man. Um, but but still, you know, I, so I think something like that would benefit like Costa Rica and some of these teams that just they've never been able to do that good. But uh, I mean, it's a bit unfair that just Max and the U.S. get get the home field. They had Maicon, they had uh, Julio Baptista, Kaká, Diego, Robinho. Wow. Yeah, a bunch of those. Tiago Mota. Kaká went with Milan, dude. But. He went on to, to be the. the G- they were G-Cope. in there. Tw- I mean, these kids, they were kids. They're 18, 21. Kids, oh, come on. Dude, they're Brazilian, dude. They, they come out of the I'm just saying, playing, dude, in they- comparison to the to the squad we had, we had a bunch of veterans on our, I mean, 29, 25, 29. I mean, we had a way more experienced squad than Brazil, man. They They sent their little. The little water boys out to to this tournament. Man. <laughs> None of the players on that squad were over the age of uh, twenty two. So I mean, they were babies, bro. It's just you know they sent out their most you know their prospects, but they didn't send their best. And then, just for proof, I mean, the next year we went to uh, Copa America in Peru and got raped by them like five one. So <laughs> <laughs> it was not the same team. <laughs> <laughs> They they beat the little brother and then the the big brother was waiting around the corner. Adriano, man, that guy. Ugh. That was back when he was just being yeah, discovered. Beast. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this Canadian Premier League. So they have Ottawa, Atletico Ottawa. So I don't know if they have the same ownership as San. Uh, oh, they do. Parent club of Atletico Madrid. Wow. So they're they're getting imperialism out there, you know. They got they they got Atletico Ottawa and Atletico San Luis, man. Man, I thought we were I thought we were special, man. I thought we were the, you know, I thought I, I thought Atletico Madrid really, you know, they they made us feel special, but they got they got teams all over the uh, country apparently. Uh, Forg FC, they're in Ontario. Valor, they're in Winnipeg. 
They have another team in Toronto called York. Interesting. Uh, they have a team in Nova Scotia, which is like an island off of Canada. Some of these capacities are like 6,000, 5,000. I mean, these teams are like semi-pro at best. I don't understand why they have any business playing in uh, Champions League, man. Champions That's League is- how you get good... <laughs> Champions League is for champions. That's it's the name is in the game. You know what I mean. You can't be just giving these tickets away. These no, it it used to be. It used to be because it used to be that just the champions played. Same with Champions League in Europe. It was just the champion, and then they made it the top four. <clears throat> so it's it's the same thing, dude. It's it's. I oh, no, You know, it's disappointing, is what it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so, man. I I think you'll end up having <clears throat> like. Uh, just to like, just to give you an example, right? They're expanding, you know, the World Cup and all that. It loses a bit of prestige when you do that. You know, you went from uh, what was it, twenty four teams to like thirty two, and then now we're gonna go to what forty eight. It's like, come on, man, you can't all go yeah, to the but, World Cup. No, but this is club. You know, it, it's a bit different when you have club and it's every year as opposed to World Cup every four years. Yeah, Wait, like a two year qualifying. This is this is a yearly thing and it's like it helps those leagues gain prestige. Um they, they, get, never their, gonna... they get a participation trophy when they get home. <laughs> like... No, but you're never gonna get it. Like look look at League IMX, uh not taken serious for a lot of years because they weren't in any type of tournament. Uh and so then they were finally able to go to Libertadores and then prove prove their worth. But I, uh, but you know that that's always been like seen as a negative that they've never been able to compete, and then and then at the other side of that token is, well, they compete in this region, but then the cup is seen as being weak, and it's it's kind of like a catch twenty two. It's it's gonna be weak because uh, it doesn't have the stronger teams, but it's not gonna have stronger teams if. If you're if you don't allow other regions to grow, yeah, uh, they're not going to grow though. I don't, I don't think they're going to grow. I think well, it's Canada, Canada, well, Canada's been pushing hard, so they're at the point where that I mean they they put three teams in MLS. They started their own league. <clears> they're going to be hosting the World Cup. So I mean, it's I think it's a country that's been uh, for a couple of years now, like slowly investing more and more into soccer, and they they. Seem to have grown a bigger community because they ended up having like like this influx of foreigners from different parts, and I think uh, you know because they're hockey. But I think uh, I, I think yeah, I do think Canada soccer could easily become their second sport. But I think it's it's a country that could you know if if they'll end up having the resources to be to be more yeah I, you know a more competitive team. I, I mean, uh, a player that, you know, comes right into mind is uh, uh, Davies. You know, he's a Canadian player playing for Bayern Munich. Yeah. One of the, you know, he's a very good player. So, you know, I'm sure like all of Canada is like, you know, this is our guy, you know, and he's starting to pave the way for young kids who are debating whether they want to have front teeth uh, or if they want to go play hockey, you know. <laughs> It's just like they're showing them that hey, maybe we don't have to all you know play hockey. Maybe we, maybe there's this future in football. We'll see. That, that brings up a good, uh, an interesting point. So because Hoad brings up the point of foreigners coming in, and, and of course, um, you guys probably know that Canada's very uh, 
I guess foreigner friendly, immigration friendly. And um, uh, speaking of Davies, he's from Ghana. He was born in in Ghana. Oh, and really? So if if the the competition for soccer as a sport in Canada is not as straight or not, it's not as um, tough as it is in the U.S. Like you have like hockey, right? What else is there? Is there like a CFL? It's sort Probably of like baseball, weak. maybe. Baseball, I, baseball yeah. might be a little weak, also. So, yeah. say soccer easily busts up into the top two, like however. Yeah. In the U.S., it's not going to happen because you got NBA, you got NFL, you got uh, yeah. There's too baseball. Much it, won't, it, won't hap- it won't happen as easily, I should say. Uh, I yeah. Think so it's... maybe maybe Canada makes um, makes some uh, larger strides than the U.S. And sur- <laughs> that'd be that'd be that'd be incredible if Canada were to surpass the U.S. With all the influx of, uh, I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> but and, uh, I mean, they're 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 like their ten their ten year plan. Like the U.S. had a ten year plan. Canada could have something similar, and they already got this one dude in uh, Champions in, League. Uh, in Champions League. Well, and, yeah, they've had before. They've they've had players. Yeah, but not before. not not as big as this guy. No, man. not as big. Yeah, he's probably the best Canadian soccer player right now. And and like it's pretty. Like the gap between him and like the next guy, I can't even think of the next guy. It would be like um, este Rosario, Rosario or something. Like, come on, man, he's <laughs> doing leaps and bounds for his age, and and already won a Champions League. So it's like it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that guy. Was, I think I think Canada in this tournament, their their teams are going to get uh, whipped pretty bad. It's going to look a little bit bad, um, and then you know it's it's nothing like Libertadores where. Mexico is, uh, you know, they at least competed with the teams over there. They were almost on their level. And they even got, you know, to the final and did very well in the Libertadores tournament. I'm not acting like a Conmebol type of guy against uh, a lesser, you know, Canadian or U.S. leagues, you know, like a, a Conmebol snob against Mexico. <laughs> Dwayne uh, de Rosario has the most goals with 22 for Canada. That's the record to beat, 22. That's it. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they need moleros, dude. They, <laughs> they need to take a pitch from the Mex FMF and play like. I did not know a year. Lucas Caviani is Canadian. What the fuck? I did not know that. He played. He uh, he was playing for Puebla for a long time. Yeah. Um. And there's also this kid named. Uh, Jonathan David, don't sleep on this guy. Uh, he's he's doing pretty good over there in France, and uh, you know he'll probably overtake the the goal scoring record in a couple of years. I mean, especially if the record's twenty two, he's already got eleven, <laughs> and he just started two years ago. So he's he's gonna. I mean, at this trajectory, he'll probably he'll probably break that record. Yeah, but this dude was probably only playing like like wasn't probably. Playing friendlies would wouldn't play that many, and and they're mostly playing um just in the tournaments. But that that also matters, you know. How many yeah. games did he did he play, and and which games? Um, I was gonna say something. Oh, uh, you know, if 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 they're gonna expand this to eight teams and Liga Mekis, I mean, just to give you an idea of if this start tournament was to like start today and they closed off, it would be Cruz Azul, Toluca, America, Puebla, Santos, Tijuana, Monterrey, and Atlas. That's our top eight right now, guys. So, I mean, it just goes to show <laughs> when you, when you go from four teams that go in 
to eight teams, like the quality just is terrible. Come on, man. You don't want Atlas playing in a Champions League. It's embarrassing. And Canada's got like, like eight professional teams, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I just feel like when you, when you, put too much saturation it's it's bad i mean look at the mls they have like what 30 teams and the league itself is not very competitive i think that's their biggest problem is they need to have relegation and and really make it competitive and really give people uh repercussions for their actions you know if you play bad you get delegated you know relegate or whatever can't be all participation trophies you gotta you gotta have some some stuff in there a lot of fire on people's ass. Yeah, man. So Piojo responded. Already? He says, he says Gio knows per- perfectly well what happened at the World Cup. Oh, <laughs> my God, dude. Yeah, man. Wait, did he respond on Twitter or did he respond? I don't know. It just keeps getting better and better, you know? They're gonna have to set up a fight, you know. They're gonna, they're gonna have to do something. <laughs> you know, oh, it might have been, huh? Might have been Linea de Cuatro. Might have been where he did it. Yeah, they're gonna have to air it out eventually. Uh, we'll see. Diojo's a hothead, so I would love to see that fight. Uh, but yeah, folks, that's pretty much the show. Do you guys have any any other topics that are? burning no just 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 real quick on my goats yeah i kept telling the chiva bros have more patience on 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 buse and and i think it's paying off yeah there's like i think the team is going on a seven game match streak where they've they've been scoring that's one of the things i said it's important that they're scoring second thing i think is important is that jj mack is playing good I think it's very important because he would have sucked if he came back and then his career just took a, you know, just took a dump. So, and I think he's, he's one of the players that Chivas really wants to promote. I think if they could do really well with him and then send him abroad, it would just, I, I think it would, it would open the doors for more players wanting to, to play at the club and not feel that they're going to get shafted. Uh, so I think that, that's a That's good a point. Positive right there. Yeah, because I do feel for a while like people didn't want to come to Chivas. Because it was like, like, um, they saw everything that was going on and they're like, maybe that's not, that won't be good for my career. But I think it's, it's, this could be the turning point where they could get back to where they were at. At one point where they, you know, they sent Salcido, they sent Massa, they sent Chicharo. <clears throat> And and be that club again where you you could go you could you could play well you could do good and 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 then uh, continue your career abroad. That was my one thing. Uh, I said I said you know I I get it the team's not that they don't look good they're not playing good, but uh, for me like I'm concentrating on the positives. You know the team scoring the team uh, they've beaten right now the the finalist of the last of last season's finalist. <laughs> They got two W's right there, and I think uh, I, 
I think if if they if they get to Liguilla again, I think that that would be a good season, just because it's it's starting to break away from three years no no Liguilla, and then this would be year two with Liguilla. So um, that's that's where my focus is at, Jaime. Yeah, very good point there. As far as um, not necessarily just thinking about the present now, but you know there is an image to uphold, and you you don't want to be that club that you know players or, or prospects think, oh, if I go to Chivas, I'm stuck here forever, or I'm going to just get sold to another team within Mexico. Uh, Macias going to Europe, getting exported from Chivas would be a huge. Uh, victory for for the national team for Chivas and for Mexico you know just to put even more eyes and ears on our league and on our team specifically um, and they said that they would do it you know they said that Macias coming back to Chivas from his loan at, at León they promised that you know they were going to set him up for for success and if he can have another you know five goals to his name by the end of the season I think it'd be a successful campaign and obviously if if Chivas can be competitive um, towards the end of the season, you know, uh, maybe even uh, try to find another semifinal or final, you know, I think that's the that's the goal for for Chivas. Um, but yeah, just getting into Liga and just getting used to that feeling. It, it doesn't matter if they're in the 12th spot or in the first spot. Just participating is is key, and if they can get used to that feeling, then they can probably muster up and, and win one of these. Um, but, yeah, good point there. I'm going to go out and recommend everyone listening to uh, go check out on YouTube Las Cinco Grandes Broncas del Piojo Herrera. <laughs> 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 My favorite one is when he uh, when he was playing with uh, Atlante. And there was, like, I don't know if it was some guy in pink shorts or a fan or something. He goes and, like, knocks him out or kicks him and starts the whole ruckus. Oh, I'm, I'm going to check that out after this. Good. We we played here once. I forgot how long it was, but we played a, a, a smack talk between Piojo and Ricardo Pelayas. Yeah. It was, like, after the match. And they were almost like gonna go into fisticuffs. Wow! And they, uh, he, he, they had a back and forth. Let me see real quick if I could find it, and maybe we could play it. It was pretty funny. Uh, the, the one man, I'm talking about. For my thing. Hmm? You got it. The one, the one I'm talking about is. Uh, you guys know about the Asanya videos? Like, yeah. I think uh, Ronnie, Ronnie really likes them. The, from Cleo. Those are really good. That's that's what this. Uh, it's the YouTube channel for Asanya. I'll, I'll link it. I already found the clip. Yeah. Which for which one did for you the find? Broncas. That was for the Broncas. The Broncas one. Yeah, okay, here's here's one. It's a three minute. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's... I just see him get smacked in the face, and then he goes straight to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's what kept him out of the World Cup. Oh, and then he goes back and. Oh, absolutely destroys him with a slide Pio, tackle. Pioco was going to be, he was, oh my he was, God. he was, he, I think that that was against Honduras. Was it like a qualifier? Yeah. Entrada de I cárcel, think, man. Holy crap. And I crap. think that's, I think that's what got him up. Uh, I think that's why, uh, Herrera, um, uh, what was it? Miguel Mejia Barón. 
uh, I think that's why he leaves him out of the. I know it was a harsh tackle, but if you look at the panini, he, there's a panini for oh for Piojo, man. <laughs> Even though you could see his panini sticker, but he, he got cut. So, and that's that was one of the reasons because he was a hothead and he ended up not not taking him to the World Cup. Bro, I just saw that he's getting. Uh, it, I think it's post game. He's getting interviewed. And uh, some dude, I don't know if he said something to him or just taps him on the shoulder, and he just straight up kicks him, man. What is his problem? Oh, my. Then he stomps him out. <laughs> you don't take no smack talk, dude. Oh, my you don't God, mess, you don't mess bro. With That's why I was laughing whether he went Holy that to, uh, Bro, he doesn't mess he around. Him. Imagine getting kicked by a short little dude with a bullet, bro. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> That is that is great. That is a great find. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, you found a clip. Hold on, I'm gonna play this for the everybody. Hold on, it's let me see when it starts. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's... Wait, are you talking about the one no, you just sent us? 40th, at the 40th second. All right. Ellos se calentaron por el por el marcador en contra. Creo que nosotros hicimos lo nuestro. Este Peláez fue el que inicia la bronca. No sé por qué la televisión habla de otras cosas. Siempre tienen que defender a, a los a los a los equipos de casa. Creo que este se ve muy claro que yo voy saliendo tranquilo y Peláez desde, desde el tiro de esquina antes de que cayera nuestro gol nos estuvo incitando a, a los golpes y todo. Yo tranquilo. Ahora que terminó el partido viene se me acerca y me dice que soy un indio y me escupe. Creo que su educación queda en dicho, ¿no? Si yo soy un indio, él no creo que sea ningún inglés. Y si yo soy un indio y no lo escupí, creo que no sé dónde quede su educación. Órale. Wow, that's it. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. He called him an Indian. <laughs> Wait, it's funny because this dude's like a ginger. I know. <laughs> a tasty ginger, but no. <laughs> no, what, what he's saying? It's, it's, it's more about like getting under your skin. And I know he was trying to provoke him to get him no, carded. No, it sounded like what he was saying. It's like he, he he's saying you're an Indian because you spit on me, oh. like, like like you're a salad, you're a savage or something. What, I thought I thought he up? said that that Belias called him that and then spit on him. Oh, I thought he accused Piojo of spitting on him. Okay. Yeah, no, Herrera uh, saying uh, Belias came up to me. He calls me an Indian and spits on me. <laughs> okay. So we can basically right. el- eliminate any possibility of Herrera ever coaching Chivas, at least as long as uh, Belas is there. <laughs> no, no, they, they, they. That was as players. Uh, they worked together in in um, at America and at La Selección. And I think well, they have a did it when Piojo returned to America the second time? Didn't Piojo Belas uh, uh, have to leave? That was like part of the agreement. Oh, I I don't know. No, because um, he left. Pe- Pelayas uh, left America because he they sent him to the selection, and they said that was too like. You wait, you don't remember that dude? Check. Look. No, I think we're getting después de que te fuiste tú, ¿qué hizo el Pio Herrera? Contrató a su propio jefe. Por eso. Donos que esto que movió el tapete a ti. Tijuana, 
Por favor, se negoció eso. A ver, explícale no seas a la gente. Inocente. A ver, explícale a la gente ah, lo bueno, que estás diciendo. Lo, lo, lo que estoy diciendo simplemente, y tú lo sabes muy bien, Ricardo, es suelta, que suelta Miguel Herrera <risa> negoció su llegada a la América pidiendo a cambio que tú te fueras de la América. Tan sencillo como eso. Eres un estúpido. <risa> Perdóname. Lo que te dije, lo que oíste. Vamos a una pausa ya, hombre. Perdóname. <risa> <laughs> Rafa's like, let's go to a break, man. <laughs> let's go to let's go to a break. I don't want these guys to fight in front of me. <laughs> But he's also laughing at the same time. <laughs> Excuse me, he's like, yeah, you heard me. <laughs> oh he's my like, god, dude, that's probably one of the best. Uh, fight, fight the forget to bully so much, man. Well, he's making some lofty accusations, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know about how much of that is true. I, I don't think that dude would want Santiago Baños as his boss. You know, that's that's his underling now is telling him what what is a position ahead of him. Um, I do remember when Pelayas left, and he was having problems with Pepe Romano. Mm which was another of the guy. And he was getting, and, but Pelaez was more like in the front, you know, he was the one giving interviews. And I do remember that um, he, he was getting like a lot of the blame for some of the stuff that was going on at America, you know? And, uh, but, but I think Romano started having more like input and with transfers and whatnot. And then he, Pelaez was like, you know what, I, I'm leaving at the end of the season. And then that's when, what's his face, Ascarraga tells him, well, no need, you know, if you're going to leave, just bounce. Yeah. I, I think, I didn't, well, I, know, I didn't know about that beef, though, the one the one when they were both players, though. That's that kind of oh. adds, adds to it, though. I know, but they were both at Selección. I mean. Yeah. And they were I don't, and they were both, I think, if I'm correct, they were both at America for the first, the first stint, you know? Yeah. Because when he, when he leaves, wasn't, wasn't, around the time that Pelaez leaves, it was, who was it? Was it La Volpe that was the coach? It was either La Volpe or Nacho, one of those two. So Herrera wasn't there yet. Mm. But I know you you could you could look for stuff and you'll find like some of the problems that he was having, like if you put Pelaez, Pepe Romano and stuff like that, you'll find articles where they would you were already beginning to see like that there was gonna be problems. Uh, we would have to ask. Uh, we would. That would be a good question to ask Herrera. Did Did you condition your return by taking out? You know, will be. Do you know want Pelaez there? So he called me a Indian. He called me a native, <laughs> and I took it personal. Yeah, man. Who knows? But uh, some some gems for those in the audience that uh, maybe have not seen those beefs before. Oh god, that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, gentlemen, do you guys have any 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 other closing thoughts? 
That's it, man. Fun time. I want to thank everyone for hopping on and also for all the listeners out there supporting us every week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and catch us in the next one. Peace.